0: see how it work. I see you, Kush. What's happening? Peace, brother. Man, you already know. What's going on? You can hear me? Yeah, I hear you now, because I was like, damn, what happened? It must yeah, be cool. not
1: disturbed.
0: Word, man. Yeah, now, so now I can push it, right?
1: Yes, sir. Maybe, hopefully, All we don't right. have to cut it back off if it don't work again. All right, well, nah, we
0: now, we got time. We good. You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Nah, it didn't work. You hear me now? You hear me now? It messed up. It's cool, I ain't getting, I'm, I'm not getting, you know, I'm cool All right, I
1: ain't gonna answer, please.
0: somebody hit me
1: Alright, so for the people listening on Spotify, Apple, YouTube Let the people know who you are
0: This is Kenyatta, the hip-hop motivator Coming to you straight from Los Angeles, California, the land of La La
1: And I'm Don Jones with E-Trap House Radio And you are the CEO of Hip-Hop Motivation, correct? Yes, sir, that's me, that is I And where can they find your social media for the people listening in on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that? Uh,
0: My social media is at hip underscore hop underscore motivators. And uh, they can hit me up, too. I'm going to throw the email out there. They can always hit me at ballin'info at gmail.com. You know what I'm saying? So much as possible, I always answer back, reply back. You know what
1: I'm saying? I'm for the people. So, hey, it is what it is, man. This is for the culture. And that's a fact to everybody out there who's listening right now. He got back out with me i mean he got back with me on the email very quick absolutely absolutely
0: well as quick as i can you know sometimes you know how i go exactly running around with the children you know but everything's good man appreciate you uh wanting to do this interview with me
1: i appreciate you you don't even know how much of a motivation you are to me watch you on the thank regular you. appreciate it man thank you so where can the people find your work
0: well it's a lot of different places like right now you know i just finished the culture Vultures book uh the top of the year last year, and that is at www.culturevulturesthebook.com, and then they can go on iTunes or all forms of uh, any streaming platform, and they can find my project, Thinking Ball Out, which was the first project, The Secret of in Journey, uh, they can get those projects there, and then they can see the movie, The Secret of in. they can see that uh, on Vimeo, on demand, they can put in The Secret of Ball and it'll pop up or they can buy a physical DVD from me at www.hiphopmotivation.bigcartel.com. Okay, okay. And where are you from? I'm from LA originally, but I moved around a lot as a kid. I wasn't a military child, but uh, my mother was always trying to find a way, and um, we just wound up in different locations. When we left California, when I was in the uh, seventh grade, the beginning of the seventh grade, we moved to Tennessee, Jackson, um, in a city called Brownsville. That's where my mom's side of the family is from. Oh. And then from there, we went to North Carolina with my father's family. And uh, every summer, I find myself myself and my sister up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Warrensville Heights. And then we came back, Long Beach. I lived in Long Beach, San Bernardino, California. So, sort of a nomad, man. I've been all over. I hated as a child <laughs> moving around a lot. But, uh, you know, the blessing is, like, as I became an adult, i seen that it gave me, like, the... Uh, gave me like more appeal to deal with people from all walks of life. You know what I'm saying? A lot of cats. So, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of different things going on when you when you knew in different cities and states, a lot of fights, a lot of situations. I wouldn't go stop getting that girl. So, you know, I had to,
1: I, I had to walk with Fade if I had to. And yeah, That's real. And that just comes with being a man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So outside of LA, which city was your favorite?
0: Whew, that's, that's, you know, man, like, I, it's, it's hard to say, man, because, you know, it's like all those cities were my favorites, man. Like, mm-hmm. but I like, I definitely like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I like Cleveland because Cleveland, Cleveland was a good memory for me just being around my father all the time. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, I was a cat that really had a relationship with his father. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being around him in the summer and just peeping the vibe and, you know what I'm saying? It was just, it was always dope. My teenage years more were in Warrensville Heights as far as like the summertime. You know what I'm saying
1: what was your dad like what did he uh do for a living
0: uh he was a he was a civil engineer so and then he went to chemical engineering uh right before he passed away but he uh, and then he was in Vietnam you know what I'm saying he was a green beret served the whole the whole term of uh you know his whole situation in Vietnam uh he's you know grew up in Cleveland Ohio he's from a he's from North Carolina originally though okay okay yeah. At,
1: yeah. at what age did you become a barber
0: um, I started cutting hair when I was in North Carolina, uh, rest in peace. My cousin, which is also my homeboy, David, uh, taught me some of the basics about cutting hair before I even had clippers. And uh, when I came back to L.A. for one of my summers, and I wanted to get my hair cut, my mother didn't really have money for me to get my hair cut. And uh, my daddy, my uh, she bought me some clippers. And it uh, changed my life forever. And I was about, I think at that time, I was about maybe... 13, 14, something like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so she bought me some clippers and she told me that, you know, she felt that every young man should really know how to keep themselves up in between haircuts. So that's facts. And I just started I just started trimming my own hair. You know, after I get a haircut, maybe like a week later so I can still see the fade line, I would just go around the fade and keep it up.
1: Would you say that fades were the the hardest part of learning how to become a barber in terms of just straight cutting?
0: You know what? No, not for me, you know, because I really paid attention and I knew, like, I was one of those cats, I didn't just hop in anybody's chair anyway, you know, I always paid attention to who had the fresh cut, like, if I went to barbershop, I was not like a lot of like young people where I just go to anybody who had an open chair, you know, I would pay attention, I would, you know, see if they really knew how to cut, you know, because I was real particular about my fade, I liked my fade low when I was rocking it, <laughs> I like a high military, you know what yeah. I'm saying, a flat top. Flat Top had to be on point And we talking about In the 90s So Oh serious Don't even talk about The Jodie Sierra You oh. know what I'm saying it,
1: Like it really had to be On point <laughs> Yeah How long Well let's get into this Would you Would you consider Having uh, like a Barber tutorial show On like the DDTV network That's interesting
0: you said that, man. Someone else asked me that, and I think so. I think I can do, I would do that, you know, definitely, um, especially when it comes to the business of the salon business, you know, getting a salon at 21 years old and proceeding in that and really building it up from zero to having over, having 22 people in the salon paying me $150 a week. That's a major move, you know, so, I mean, at a young age, you know, but it was, but it's, but there were certain tests that I, had to pass in order to go into, you know, really being a businessman. And at the time, you know, I was failing those tests. You know, I was messing with about two or three girls in the shop at the same time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Spending so much money. It was, what it age was crazy. is
1: this? What age did you start having business? I the
0: was in shop? my 20s, man. Yeah, I was in my 20s, about 21. I was 21 years old when I got my shop. Wow. I started working in that shop when I was like 19, 20, 19, 20 years old. And so when I was uh, working in the shop, uh, the manager at the time the guy that actually ran the shop uh he was telling me that he got it owned it who had, had who actually had the uh the business license over the business and everything he was like yo he's getting out of here and they want to know if you want to get it and I was like
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: yeah, you know absolutely you know because I already was doing things that you know he the manager at the time he saw that I was doing things beyond the average person in the salon you know it's like it's like if i live somewhere i'm picking up trash around the area i don't need a manager to do that you know what i'm saying because i live I'm, I'm, a, I'm in this building with y'all so he would see me going around the people's stations like cutting i mean sweeping up the hair like if big old afro pieces of hair was on the ground and trash in front of the in front of the shop so i already was like connected to the whole what it takes to be a manager thing and so that's really what took me to the next level and, and um that came from Honestly, from you know having good rearing as a child, about you know just taking care of not only myself but also taking care of other people. Once I take care of
1: myself, let's talk about the fact that you had to be in position financially to even purchase the barbershop.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Um, initially, what happened was I started um, I started off small, man. I, it was like a, the guy lost the shop basically. He was losing the shop, so I saw an opportunity present itself. So what I did, you know, I borrowed some money here and there from some of the people I knew. You know, so I had a couple clients that was in the game doing different things. And, you know, it threw me a little bit, but I also had to pay that back. So what I did was I uh, created a form of passive income um, to take care of the bills, not only the bills that I accumulated from borrowing money, but uh, I created that passive income to take care of things I need in the shop, like chairs, the painting and all the different things that I need to do. And uh, what I did, I created a hair care line. I had about 18 different products. And I just kept flipping it until everything came back around, full circle.
1: What was that called back then? Uh,
0: I had, I had, uh, it was like four different, I I was, you know, I'm so impulsive when it comes to when I'm doing something. I had four different product brands, brands, in under one label. And don't even ask me why it was called Kenyatta Hair System. I'm bald-headed, so why would it be called Kenyatta Hair System? (laughs) I mean, I know it's me, but damn. You know what I'm saying? That's how egotistical I, I was back then. You had so, had no beer back then? Nah, I was like goatee, man. Just goatee. I've barely... I seen that. I've seen that in the,
1: uh, yeah. the, uh, the Method Man when he was cutting his hair in the beef DVD. Yeah,
0: that's that, basically that's it. Yeah, Kenyatta hair system, but I'm bald-headed. I'm selling, I'm selling relaxers and conditioners, but I'm bald-headed. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was crazy. You know, my ego was like on 1,000 back then. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... And, but, you know, I don't down, I don't, I don't kill it and say, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't beneficial. But, you know, it was like, if I really looked at it now, I probably would only have like probably three products instead of 18.
1: You I, know? S- I seen online that it was called uh, All That Barbershop. All that.
0: Yeah. All, all that hair salon. Okay. Yeah, beauty salon. Yeah. Do you have it to rid- this day? No. No, I got rid of that shop back in, let's see, about four years ago, man. I just walked away, man. Went into like my purpose. You know, because cutting hair was something that I do to, did to maintain my lifestyle, take care of my children, met a lot of wonderful people over the years, cutting hair, still cut a few people. You know, I, I cut private now, I do, a, I do a, still do a few entertainers. And uh, I just, I'm just focused on hip hop motivation because, you know, it's, it's my purpose. It's my calling. That's what I get the most pleasure out of.
1: I seen in one of your interviews that you had, uh, you had been shot six times the day you came up with hip hop motivation. Right, yeah, yeah. How did
0: that yeah, affect I did. you as a person? Uh. Well, first, initially, you know, it was It was like sort of like an alarm clock that woke me up into the awareness of the power that we all hold within. Um, I was already studying metaphysics. I, I've, I've always been a big reader. I listen to audio books. Um, really, the reason that I even came up with the idea for Thinking Ball Out as well as hip-hop motivation because my boys used to clown me all the time when they would get in the car mm-hmm. and we all went to the club and then in my, my CD changer, it would be like Napoleon Hill or one of those audio books and it's a, dude, dude talk, it's a white dude talking, it's a white dude talking. They like, damn, what the hell is this nigga to it to sound like, you know, they clowning about it. Like, yo, this dude listening to some white folks and, yeah. you know, and the vibration of the energy of the, the of what they're saying is different. but. I got what they were saying, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I didn't care nothing about that because I was a, I, I developed a listening skill out of this world from listening to audiobooks. you know? And so when I created that project, Thinking Ball Out, and then I came with uh, how I was gonna put that project out through a company called Hip Hop Motivation. An hour later, I was shot six times. I was on my way to cut Method the man from Wu-Tang Clan. Wow. What yeah. led up to you being shot? Was it just random? it was a random situation man i was actually at the time one of the girls that um i was dealing with you know um you know among among the few girls i was messing with in the shop i was staying with her at the time i had just came out of a divorce you know what I'm saying i was a mess i was all in the streets i was at the club every week every other day mm. spending money having fun and uh where she was staying at i never really liked it down there but at the time i was just staying there it would you know get my thing right. in order right so i get get the spot and, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to do that the way I wanted to, but I was forced to buy this, so I got shot up, you know what I'm saying? Some cats came up to me, uh, a guy came up to me, asked me, uh, he said, hold up. As I looked over, I was on my phone, I looked over, the gun was in my face, I ducked, hit him with the gate, he started shooting, he stood over me as I, after I hit the ground, put the gun by my face, oh. and uh, he pulled the trigger, it was no more bullets. He ran off, the cops came up and harassed me in that position, you know, the same age of story that you've been hearing all over the world. You know, God came up and asked me what I did to deserve it. I was like, nothing. He help me. You know, I couldn't really breathe, so I couldn't really talk. Wow. The other officer, he asked me my name. I said as best as I could, Kenyatta, in a muffled breath, because I had got, again, hitting my lungs as well as my liver all over my body. Um, and I was curving blood. And he was like, "We don't tell us your name, we can't get you any help. And almost wow. at that moment, I heard the ambulance coming in the background, and, said, and from there, you know, it was it was on. You know what I'm saying? I continued to write in the hospital, finished up thinking ball out, and kept it going. I didn't really know how to do a book, so I I, I went with the next best thing. You know, and I say that's, that's a wise move for anyone that's doing anything they love or going into anything that they want to do is that don't let anything stop you. So with Thinking Ball Out, I recorded because I didn't know how to put a book
1: together. Would you say that's a game changer, being able to record instead of write, in terms of making a book?
0: Yeah, it's not like it's reinventing the wheel, man. People have been recording stuff forever, you know, but the way I did it with Thinking Ball Out, I took kind of like the jewelry from back in the day when people used to listen to radio before TV was out, and they would be acting on the radio, you know what I'm saying? You would hear like the sound of the, the, the rain crashing and people acting and talking over you know I'm saying some symphony music or whatever it may be. you know what i'm saying like the old school radio vibe but i created an audio book which is thinking ball out and it flows bro it flows it's on the law of attraction from a hip-hop perspective
1: how do you transcribe
0: the audio well you can transcribe you know like anything else you transcribe it you know you can either do it manually listen to it mm-hmm. and um type it out write it out however you want to do it or have someone do it for you and then they have software nowadays where you can do that. Back in the day, they didn't really have a lot of software that really could ebonically understand what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like if I said chilling, they might put a G on it. You know? Right. Yeah, and, yeah, so you know, know. It's, it's, it's just one of those things where I didn't really have an understanding of which route I need to go to develop a physical copy of a book. So I got with my homeboy Jay Hen, who is now known as The Business, Henny The Business. He did uh, Girls All Around the World for Young Money, he did Miss Parker for Young Money. He did Shout strip. out to social media right.
1: if you remember it.
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, at Hitty the Business. Yeah, at Hitty the Business. So anybody want to check it out, check him out. And then I got with a friend of mine, Farrah Parker. You know, she took me and uh, we did photo shoots for the out for the uh, cover. And uh, she, you know, kind of kept me in alignment with what, you know, what approach to take as far as, you know, the focus of everything. She's also on the project she's in the house right now um she plays on the last chapter called the cheddar you know she she came through and did it for me you know and everybody that was involved in thinking it all out i was highly appreciative because they just did it they didn't ask you know it was just like yeah come on bet they didn't really understand what i was doing but they did it that means yeah. they believe in you man i I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say it like this man i believed in the project so I guess they would believe in if I'm asking. They're friends with people, so it's, it's it was actually cool. It was a blessing, definitely a blessing.
1: How lucrative is it for an entrepreneur to put out a book?
0: Um, it's very lucrative if you hey, thank you. It's very lucrative if you you know you channel it into public speaking, or you you take it and you get on the road with it and you go to the schools and the prison systems. There's different things you can do. You know, once you write a book. You know, the, the reason why it's called, you're called an author is because that word comes from the word authority. So when you write a book, it's, it's like etched in stone, like old school, like Sanskrit, how they used to take the hammer and the nail and, and chisel things out on a, on a slab of uh, concrete. The concrete now is the paper and it's within that book because once you put it out there, you can't drag that back. Like when you say something bad, you can't pull it back. You got to let it go. That's real. Right. So, you know, with a book, there's so many different things you can do. So many people you can reach. You know, especially if you're trying to go into public speaking. Definitely, is public speaking something that's been big for you so far? So far, not all the way because this year we got our first shows coming up. Myself and Dame, um, I'm gonna be doing a lot of stuff by myself. You know, because Dame doesn't really want to travel as much. But you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to travel. I'm you ready, ready really to really out hit there. the road. Huh? Yeah, I'm ready to speak to the people, man, because I've been actually, I've been studying for so long that I didn't really, you know, I haven't really had the opportunity to circulate this information on a higher platform. And so it's time. You know what I'm saying? I've been around Les Brown. I was around him for like two years straight. He was giving me the game on what to do. You know, Les Brown was actually the person that told me not to put out thinking ball out first, which is why I didn't really push it initially with hip-hop motivation. That's why you guys saw me, and You was thinking that you know when I was with Dame, that was the beginning. But that was all. That was like that was like after the middle because I already was doing stuff. Mm. I started thinking ball out in two thousand and four. That's when I got shot.
1: Wow. So how long after that did Dame come along? Like two thousand and ten? No, I've been I've been around Dame before that. You, you know, know what I'm saying? In I'm terms like, of the uh, the interviews, the hip hop mm-hmm. motivation, yes. the hip
0: hop motivation videos only started maybe four years ago. Four or five maybe five years ago something like that going on five so and then we were sitting down and i was really only sitting down with dame to do those videos to record uh some stuff for the book reasonable reasonable clout Ooh. that was the first name of culture Vultures. it was going to be called reasonable clout which is the first section of the book now and uh, the reason i changed it to culture Vulture is because i kept hearing dame say that and I was like, damn, that was like an interesting word to me. He was a—he was using that word to talk about people like Leo Cohen and you know the rest, you know, anyone else he's talking about in business that doesn't live by a certain mentality. And so I thought it was only right to name it that. That was my decision. And uh, I think it
1: was a great decision because that word is being used more than ever now. It's a big word now and it's being used by everybody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you get personally involved, like you start feeling some type of way when people attack Dave because you know the truth about Dave?
0: Not necessarily. Um, I'm, I'm a I'm one of those people, man, I'm a real homeboy. So, of course, you know, anybody, you know, trying to do something physical to him I and mean, I'm in his proximity, I ain't going to let it happen. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to, we're going to rumble together. Right. But as far as anything that he got going on in business, or in his personal life. I don't really get involved in that because you know, like sometimes he talking about Rockefeller or whatever, that's none of my business, right? You know, like you see me sitting there and then half the time i will be like, oh, okay. That's why when we did the R Kelly video, I was like, oh, I never knew that, that that's what well, that was part of the reason why you did, you know, and so, and then a lot of times, you know, and also you gotta understand, like I understand universal law principles and, the one thing I do understand is that all truths are but have truths, oh. and so when somebody, someone saying one, one person saying one thing, that means there's another thing that's gonna be said. You know, there's two sides every story. There's nothing so thin that don't that it doesn't have two sides, and we see this with a sheet of paper. So whatever Dame is saying, there's always another side. Jay Z can say something, Biggs can say something, Cameron can say something, Kanye can say something. Oh. You know, and so I don't really take sides with none of that stuff, man.
1: How do you necessarily feel when you see something that you know is just a blatant lie about them?
0: Well, you know what, man, I, I see comedy and folly and everything. You know, I'm so saying? <laughs> you know, I'm not. You know, like the other day, Dame and I had a live video. We did a hip hop motivation, and he, we were talking about. We was just talking about random stuff, and uh, some people saw it. And then he started getting into the vegan thing. I'm not a vegan at this point in my life. I was a vegetarian for years. I did that whole thing, but um and then I went back to eating, you know, fish or whatever. I don't really I don't eat beef or nothing like that or pork, but um he was like, Man,
1: how can you eat, you know, beef or how can you eat little, uh, meat and, you, and this animals getting
0: killed? And again, me understanding universal law of principles is that something has to something has to die in order for us to survive. You know, a plant is a living organism. You know what I'm saying? It's like all day long, and we breathe from plants. You know, so when we get oxygen from plants. We give them carbon monoxide. So it's 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 the circle of life, man. It's like, and not only that, everybody does what they do, man. You know what I'm saying? But what I did, I was playing with them. I was like, yo, you smoke weed? I don't smoke weed. You
1: drink?
0: I was drink. And besides that, you put the bag on your weed, so you know what I'm saying, he got kinda offended. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't admit it, but you know what I'm saying, that's my, that's my home <laughs> I can do that to him. But at the end of the day, he was like, Well, more people die from meat than uh than cigarettes. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. My father died of lung cancer. That's that's gonna be that's a big debate. But at the same time, not to bring that back up, but at the same time, you know, this is a guy that I consider a homeboy. So with all my homeboys and anybody I'm cool with, you know what I'm saying? That somebody, some of them probably chimed in right now and that I'm loyal when it comes to, you know and I i ain't gonna, I ain't gonna roll with your book. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? I have a loyalty that's like out of this world, you know? And so I would never wish anything wrong on Dane, you know what I'm saying? anybody. If I'm around them, anybody doing anything, I don't give a damn who it is. You know what I'm saying? they going to have a problem with me, too, especially I in this situation the where they're trying to do something to them. You know what I'm saying? It's my folks. It's my fault, man. You know, and that's anybody. You know, so at the same time, these are like, our oh boys. You know what I'm saying? They lie. You know what I'm saying? We, we play. They play games. You know what I'm saying? They put extras on how many girls they had and all this stuff. You know the game, <laughs> so man. So let me I'm ask you I was this. in a barbershop, you know? So I know that game. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's,
1: yeah. the barbershop, where the, 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 the oh pure culture of us.
0: You want to hear a lie? You want to hear lies all day? Just send the barbershop with me. Mm. You'll be like, oh, my God. like You're going to hear a little bit day. of everything
1: in the barbershop.
0: All day, you're going to hear somebody lying.
1: So let me ask you this. On both sides, what's something Dame has learned from you, and what's something you've learned from Dame? Well, I I can't
0: really say much on what he's learned. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't say, oh, he learned this. I taught him this. You know what I'm saying? I'm not an egomaniac on that level. But I'm sure for him, he probably have a lot to say. If you ask him that question, he'd be like, oh, I taught him this. I taught him that. But, you know, like, for me, man, I learned from everybody, man. It's like everything to me, I'm a student of everything. You know, even like we're doing this video, it's my first time doing an Instagram live interview. You know what I'm saying? And I know that. This is a great way to, and a fast way, to get things going and get things done, without going on your computer, yes, without
1: sir.
0: you know, you know, going through Skype or whatever. So I learned from this. So I learned a lot from being around Dame, and some of the stuff I've learned is is actually in conflict with what he participates in on a daily basis. Like maybe the yelling at people, oh. maybe you know how he does certain things in business. But it's not it's not a slight or a stab at him. It's just I. I I have my own energy, and I know what fits me and what suits me, so I take
1: whatever's good for me from whoever I'm around. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I seen your video you was talking about uh, you can learn from anything. You can learn from the ants on the ground if you sit mm-hmm. there and watch mm-hmm. them long enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Have you ever had, like, anything like an ant farm or anything like that crazy?
0: Uh, You know what? I used to, not an ant farm, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have money like that, you know what I'm saying, where I was sitting up, you know, playing with ants. But I, I would be outside and I would just be keeping it out and just checking them out, going into the hole and carrying a little, pe- little piece of the food and everything. And then, um, you know, especially when it was hot, you know, they would be working like crazy during the summer. That's what I was going to say, too. The
1: yeah, you don't see it
0: during the winter, yeah. The
1: product. I mean, the productivity of an ant is ridiculous. They work harder right. than any absolutely.
0: other man. Absolutely, absolutely. So what they do is, you know, it's like the same thing I learned from ants is that, you know, Even when you so-called have this downtime that you think is downtime, you got to take advantage of it, you know, and you got to stack up. You got to make sure that you prepare for those rainy days.
1: So I seen you read the book, Think and Grow Rich. What's something you learned from that? Uh, From Think and Grow Rich, man, a ton
0: of information, man. I mean, you know, Napoleon Hill, the book itself, like I came to understand that he really didn't even know the people that he was talking about in that book. I found that out just recently doing my own research. But the main thing I learned about the book from the book was that, you know, it's like there's a certain level of the game that every man has to go through, you know, saying before he, re- he reaches success. Usually why most men don't reach success from the age of, you know, let's say 18 up until like their 40s usually is because they're too distracted with different things in their life. And usually it's women. It's, it's usually women. So, um, you know, it's hard to really stay focused when you're at a certain age as a man. Women usually can focus in a little bit more than men, I would have to say. And I've for myself, I think it's easier for women to focus. Because women as a rule usually, you know, they like they like they like they like, they like some different things like anybody else, but, but I don't think it's such a big deal to them. Not as much as men. Not as much right. as us. You know what I'm saying? But you know, and, and that's because, you know, God gave them everything. You know, they were born with everything. They were born with a womb. You know what I'm saying? They actually can produce the child within their system, you know, so, and, and to a child, they're God on earth. I was you know gonna say saying? that might saying, be the closest thing to God. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and if you look at the child and, and you look at the baby and, and when the baby cries, the mother answers prayers. That's the form of praying, you know, mm-hmm. the words, the feeling that the baby's giving and the sound of their their cry. They, a lot of women when they're, a lot of mothers when they're already sharp in what they're hearing, A black mother can hear a Chinese baby crying and know that baby needs food. She can know that baby is wet,
1: and so on and so on. Hmm. So you also have the company Bump Assassin. How did that come about? Can you hear me well? The sound is down low. Yeah, I I hear you. You hear me? I
0: don't know. Your sound is low. You hear me now? I don't know if you can turn it up. Hold that real quick. you hear me now? Uh, a little bit. Not. it's like...
1: What about now? You hear me? Uh, a little bit better. Okay, okay. Try, try. uh, maybe try, you can't turn the headphones up? Yeah, I did.
0: Try, yeah, try another route.
1: Hmm. Did that work any? I don't know what it is. You can still uh, hear me enough, though. I just heard you. Let me see. You say something. You can still hear me enough, though. But well, you hear me. You hear me clear. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So what we let me see. Let me uh, go ahead. You asked me about Bump Assassin. Yeah, how'd that come about? Huh? Yeah, how Bump Assassin come about? I can't hear you at all. You want to come back in? You want to start it back? Nah, not yet. Like the second half. <laughs> all right.
0: You hear me? You wanna like you want make a lot of split like like this the other half of the show? Uh you get the sound right?
1: Nah, not yet. Okay. You hear me a little better now? Huh? You hear me a little better now? Nah. It's like still muffled on your head. Try uh cutting your ringtone down. Maybe that might uh, be. Try cutting your ringtone down. I
0: Can you hear me now? Yeah, you hear me? Hello? Yeah, you hear me? Let me see.
1: What about now? Can you hear me now?
0: Now. I went out and came back in. Word. All right, we good. Now just... All right, I was saying, how did
1: Bump Assassins come about?
0: Well, Bump Assassin was a uh, part of the 18 product situation I had. And what happened was, out of the stuff that I sold, Bump Assassin sold the most because I was selling astringent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as you know, the name of the product game is, the whole essence of it is to go ahead and take the product and be, being able, like, you want the product to pour out the bottle as fast as you, as you can so the person can come back and get it from you. So, uh-huh. well, Bump Assassin... You know, they was using it up and people kept the return value was very high from Bump Assassin. So I kept Bump Assassin out of all the 18, but I had about four other different things that really did well. Like I had a wave pomade that people love, you know, saying that's it.
1: Can we get Bump Assassins in my store?
0: Uh, How can I get in your store? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can um, we can work that out, man. We definitely put, put that together. Because, you know, you out there in Ohio and you ship it out. And it's nothing. All
1: right, Ben. We're going to talk about that later, Dan. All
0: right, cool.
1: Have you ever had a regular job?
0: Yes, I had one regular job. I mean, minus is when I was a child working for my uncle and uh, in his construction business uh, out in North Carolina. You know, I don't consider that a job. That was just something I was doing, you know, to keep myself out the street and, and make my little money so I can buy my Jabos and my, my <laughs> shoes and whatever I need to do. But... Uh, I had a job when I got out of high school, uh, when I was in beauty college, cause I never went to barber college. I went to beauty college cause I was already cutting hair well. So, um, when I went to, uh, when I went to, uh, barber college, I mean, beauty college, I got a job at night at UPS and the job was, um, you know, me just stacking boxes in the trailers or whatever, but I didn't really like that type of work. And then you know, a couple of the bosses used to act funny with me, and you know, it's a whole different thing when you work in those warehouse jobs. You know what I'm saying? And you get people that want to get you fired, and they're trying to get you fired, and they don't want to help you. It was like my first week there, and I couldn't get nobody to tell me how to do certain things. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just knew it wasn't for me. So I, you know, I eventually got fired anyway because I kept putting like Tennessee packages in uh, (laughs) a in a trailer. But I ain't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm, like, trying to see what's going on. I kept getting set up. And it's
1: fast-paced
0: there, too. Oh, it's very fast-paced, you know what I'm saying? And the manager that used to act funny with me, he wound up coming in my shop after I got the shop and was looking. He didn't recognize me at first. He was like, yo, I know you from somewhere. I was like, yeah, I used to to work for you. You fired me. Mm -hmm. He was like,
1: oh,
0: man, you, uh, uh, you here? I was like, yeah, this is my shop. He's like, it's your shop. Like, you know, he became a, he became a loyal uh, client after a while. But, you know, he just was so funny style, you know what I'm saying? But in the shop, he wasn't funny style, you know. But he wasn't. Yeah, you know, but it was like I wasn't even trying to be funny with him. It's just, you know, what service you want. You know, we all provide a service. And so, you know, I didn't I didn't turn him away because of that. I just, you know, cut his hair, gave him what he wanted.
1: So how'd you look up with Kelly Rowan?
0: I linked up with Kelly Ron Funny is I just seen Frank Gatson. Frank Gatson, who was uh, Destiny's Child as well as Michael Jackson's and Usher and Beyonce's choreographer. I met Kelly through the, through him, Wow. and he's in The Secret of Balling. So when you see the choreographer and they're talking about, you know, staying focused on your dreams, he's, he's a well-known choreographer. He did the MTV Awards with Michael Jackson did his thing, you know what I'm saying, the, one of the best performances Michael Jackson has ever had beyond the uh, uh, Motown 25 situation when he did the moonwalk. So wow. he's he's, a part of that. he's part of Remember the Time, so he's How an official dude. How did yeah. you meet him? I met him at the shop, man. He came in to get a haircut one day, and I have him ever since. His, his dad is a barber, so he's a barbershop kind of guy. He used to come through get his hair cut, but then he'll sit there and talk, you know what I'm saying, and listen. And, you know, the barbershop, man, is, 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 I have so many good memories of the barbershop, just being in the shop. And, um, the one thing I do miss with being private now is that I'm not around my brothers down there on Crenshaw Boulevard, you know what I'm saying, talking smack, you know what I'm saying, just <laughs> each other, you know, niggas coming in, you know, the salesman coming in, we laughing at them, you know what I'm saying. Right. Pat, uh, three dudes coming in asking for change, you know, I miss that part of it, you know, and, um, That's it, man. That's about all I miss, really, is just, you know, the people, man. I like being around people.
1: How do you feel about a a barber union?
0: You know, yeah, that's it. I keep saying, you know, what's funny, I did that back in the day, but I didn't proceed with it, you know what I'm saying? But I know they have a few of them around kind of now, like I heard. Like, there's a few things people are doing uh, collectively.
1: I was interested in starting a barber union in Ohio, but the more more I think about it, I'm like, this needs to be a national thing.
0: Yeah, it can be. It can be. I mean, I was I was doing it, man. We was getting information. It's crazy that, you know, when I was about 23, myself and a friend of mine's name, Dwayne Green, we went around and we was getting people's information. Like, we had these cards, you know, we were getting the information from some of the barbers and beauticians. And uh, on those cards, it was kind of like a census of, you know, if they have medical or dental and, you know, all this vision and all this stuff, do they have a retirement plan? And we found out that most barbers and beauticians, as we know, being self-employed, they don't have medical. They don't pay for their own medical. They don't pay for dental. You know, usually when something happens, they gotta come out of pocket. So we didn't. I didn't push forward with that because you know, in the midst of everything going on, I just um, I was making so much money. It's hard to really step into something when you already like comfortable on another thing. Right. You know what I'm and, it, and it's like the gift and the curse of having money and you chilling. You know what I'm saying? I bought my house off cutting hair. I had a you know what I'm saying? I had like, you know what I'm saying? It was like I had a house off cutting hair. A guy that had zero clientele before all this happened. A guy that didn't have a shop before this happened. A guy that was, you know, used to doing without for so long because my mother didn't have enough to give us. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and my father was doing all he could, you know, but it's like to go from zero to having something, you know, so it could be it could be a crazy stimulant for the mind if you're not aware of what you need to do to keep things in perspective while you're stacking your chips and while you're taking care of your bills in the business. And it was done the
1: right way, legitimately.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was doing the legitimate, but legitimate cash flies out your hand just as much as like that street cash. You know what I'm saying? It's like, even if I was a street pharmacist, you know what I'm saying, it was like the same feeling. It was like walking up in the club and I got stacks of money, you know what I'm saying? I got my boofer rent, my bills is paid, but I'm still up here chilling. I got money in the bank, but I'm chilling. I got money, you know what I'm saying? I'm over, I'm on set, I just made $2,000 $2,000 for giving T.I. fade For what you know about that And now I'm back at the club I'm chilling You know what I'm saying oh, So you did that fade? Yeah, yeah, I did that Yeah, and uh, um, we did the Vibe magazine shoot You can see my name in there The Vibe magazine shoot Where he played Malcolm X I did that You know that T.I. fade The famous fade, man Nah, yeah, yeah T.I. Good, good people, man Last time I saw him I mean, well I see him, you know On Instagram or whatever But last time I physically saw him, hollered at him was uh when i was backstage because i used to cut a group called mindless behavior and i was in atlanta um and i went back there and his daughter and the, the omg girls or something like that and he happened to be there and uh i, I went to his room and saw the old bodyguards like, oh shit you know <laughs> he let me in. Tip was sitting on the table he's like oh shit and we hollered i hadn't seen tip before he had went to jail because he had just got out of jail for that gun. Trip. You know, you know how I go, man. The tip through cutting this homeboy, Phil, that got killed. You know what I'm saying, Phil? Damn. Yeah, yeah. I think he got. I think they got. I think he got killed in Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Word. Yeah. yeah. Phil was a good dude, man. Beautiful person, man. I really like Phil. Mm.
1: Yeah, I heard just from Ti. You know, Ti talk about him a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Would you consider yourself a celebrity barber? Uh. I don't
0: really like that word for myself at this point in my life. I would consider myself a uh, a, a uh, conscious barber. You know, I think conscious fits me more. I'm a conscious barber, you know. And so I think that holds more appeal than the name celebrity any day because celebrities come and go, but consciousness is infinite. That's true. Word.
1: How many kids do you have?
0: I have six children, one on the way.
1: Which one is most likely to be an entrepreneur?
0: Ah, that's a good, well, at this point, all of it, I have a daughter that's uh, going to college and she wants to be a, a, a psychiatrist. I have a, another daughter yeah. who wants to be a doctor. Uh, my other daughter, she's uh, she was into like cooking, but now she's more like wanting to go into the entrepreneurial thing. My daughter, Kamile, my son, Karee. you know what I'm saying? He has many gifts he's very talented and he's uh, finding himself as we speak he's in his early 20 you know I'm just you know the blessing about having a dad like me and this is not to stroke my own ego is that I allow my children to find their lane and when they find that lane if they need my help I'm willing to help them but I believe that everyone should find their way, you know, True. until, you know, but as children, you have to raise them, but as adults, you have to find your way. True. Word. So, you know, it's just, it's just what it is, you know? So I, I feel like I did, a, I've done a great job with my kid, my children that are adults now, um, they're doing well, you know what I'm saying? They're well, they're great people, very polite, very, you know, I, I never had no major problem about They good people. Happen, that, man. That's all you go for out of kids. Yeah. You good absolutely. people.
1: Absolutely. So you got the Culture Vultures master class. How did that come about? Well, the master
0: class that I'm doing is called the Secret of Balling Masterclass. Culture Vultures Masterclass, that's the one uh Damon mm-hmm. and I were doing. Damon and I were doing, but he, he changed the name back to Poppington. Mm-hmm. I had missed I had missed a few days. I was going through uh some stuff I had to readjust My schedule For my daughter And he just Changed it back To Poppington
1: I'm sure that was Some funny conversations Right there <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying But it's still
0: It's still Coach posters on mine You know what I'm saying When you see me there It's Coach posters on mine You know like I tell them But you know It's like It's it's the same It's the same thing man It's you know It's a book that we did We got together You know and like I said Like I say in all the interviews Anybody asked me about it I'm just like Pleased that he Gave me an opportunity To write that book, book. on I'm very thankful mm. for that.
1: In, in terms of making this... ...secret to ball and movie, uh, what was like the behind the scenes process like? <laughs> behind the
0: scenes? We had a Man. lot of fun. We had a lot of fun making that movie. I mean, you know, you're talking about no budget. You're talking about people just just trying to come up with ideas how to get the shot, how to make it happen. You know, uh, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of strain on your car because we had to drive around and go <laughs> We had to, uh, you know, drop people off at home that didn't have cars. Uh, cool. it, just, it was it was a very wonderful process. I have no regrets about the movie. You know, we had some situations where people, you know, certain people came and went within the fold of hip hop motivation as well as the Secret of the and movie. But even with those people, it's nothing but love, man. I got nothing but love for everyone that, that that is involved in that film. Number, nothing but love for anybody that was once a part of hip hop motivation that is not a part of hip hop motivation. So, you know, it's like the circulatory process of life. Things come and go. As you breathe in, so shall you breathe out. That's for real. Word. What do you got coming up next? A lot of great things. That's a great question. Um, we're working on. I'm working on thinking ball out the movie right now working on that book thinking ball out the book the secret of balling physical copy of the book because i had a few people ask me about that they need a book you know it's going to be heavier than the audio book the audio book is one thing but you know i'm gonna turn it up a notch and really go deep into you know a little more research for the project and just adding great information to this book for the people for the culture
1: well, for the culture
0: nah somebody asked me I mean, <laughs> hey somebody asked me am i ever going to put on the ceo brand yeah you tell that nigga dame when he started making three exercises. <laughs> 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 hey Hey, Greatness is all I know Word up I like that name But you tell Dan makes some 3X And stop playing around He gave me a 2X one day I got offended I said What I'm gonna do with this thing What i gonna do with this okay, <laughs> now. But now But now I'm in a 2X So I can wear it now My bad I can rock CEO now
1: yeah. I was going to say, I've been seeing you in
0: the gym. Yeah, yeah. I've been taking it off, man. Just getting this, getting this body together, man. You know what I'm saying? get my sexy back. Um, I got to get some things. I got to go speak, man. And not only that, I just like the process of making myself a project. You know what I'm saying? And letting people be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I love letting people see my struggle. When you see me jumping out that tire... It's rough You know what I'm saying They, they calls it Jumping out the rabbit hole I be laughing at them All the time about it But hey I don't give a damn What nobody thinks All I know is My health is wealth And I just want people To see that they can do it Seeing me do it That's a part of me Going every day It's like saying Like look I can't stop Because I got a lot of people yeah. That's rooting for me right now I got a lot of people That they need to lose some weight Or they need to do some things In their life And seeing me Might make them say Damn you know what let me hear my butt in this gym You know what I'm saying And the internet
1: holds you accountable too
0: You damn right Once you put it up You gotta keep it going Don't say something there. Don't say something online And then don't do it You know what, what I'm saying I told
1: my followers one time Like oh yeah I'm gonna go to the gym In the next 24 hours I didn't go I got like 6-7 messages Like oh what happened
0: Hey It went out again I'm back So Hey Cause of the do dump- didn't work <laughs> Alright I-, I feel like you can hear me now Yeah I can hear you I brought it back I get it
1: All right, so can I ask you, like, what's your Super Bowl predictions? (laughs) Super Bowl.
0: Yo, man, you know what? Real talk, uh, you know, I'm out here in the land of Lala, so, you know, I got to go with the home team. Uh, But I don't know if I can predict that because, you know, that uh, Brady is crazy, you know what I'm saying? He has very high football IQ, whiteboard or not, it don't matter. That dude can play. and Especially after last year. Yo, his coach is crazy, too. Them dudes is like masterminds. Them dudes might not have slept since the last game they played. You know, you know what I'm saying? They crazy. They probably up going over plays right now as we speak. Like, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But Uh-oh. it's going to be a good game. I don't watch sports as much as I used to, but... I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I've never watched the NFL now, but I make sure to watch the Super Yeah, games. I used to be so heavy watching all that
0: stuff, man, until I woke up one day and was like, yo, man, you know, I'm wasting my time watching them make their money. I need to be developing my thing to make my money, you know? But it's I entertainment, it's the entertainment, entertainment. you know what I'm saying? It's entertainment, it's good, you know? It's good to entertain yourself.
1: Facts, facts. So before I let you go, one more time, let the people know your social media.
0: Social media is at hip underscore hop underscore motivator. You can see me on the Hip Hop Motivation YouTube page sitting next to that guy, Damon Dash. You can hit me up at ballininfo at gmail.com. You can go to my web, my little web store at oh, excuse me, www.hiphopmotivation.bigcartel.com. Word. And culturevulturesthebook.com. You can go grab the book and the audio book
1: grab all of that all of it yeah get it all get it all get the package deal word good and y'all can follow me at the don jones and you can follow e-trap house at e house.com with the dot com spelled out so that's e-trap house d-o-t-c-o-m and i guess we'll see you guys next time on e-trap house radio kenyatta i'll uh video chat you in a second so we can talk absolutely all right, and I'll holler at you guys later. Matter of fact, look, hit me hit me in
0: about 30 minutes. I'm going to call this number All back because right, yeah. I got a call, and oh, I'll call you in a minute. All right, bet. Hit me, hit me on the DM so I can send you my number. All
1: right, bet. Okay, bro. Peace, everybody. See you.